Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program provided by Living Stream Ministry. During his ministry, Witness Lee emphasized the experience of Christ as life and the practical oneness of the believers. He was unbending in his conviction that God's goal is the body of Christ. Through his messages, he stressed the importance for us to grow in life and to function as Christians so that the body can build itself up. We're happy to bring you recorded portions from his ministry today, along with some of our own thoughts. And we welcome your comments and questions. You can reach us toll free at 888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Now let's join today's program. Paul the Apostle is marvelous in his writing in the book of Colossians. He begins with a universal presentation of Christ. And not just Christ, but Christ in us, the hope of glory. But then he turns and becomes very practical in leading us into the genuine experience of such a Christ. Listen to verses 16 and 17 in chapter 2. Let no one therefore judge you in eating and in drinking, or in respect of a feast, or of a new moon, or of the Sabbath, which are a shadow of the things to come, but the body is of Christ. Here he begins to remove things like the law and angels and anything else that represents God to us in an indirect way. For God's desire is that nothing stands between us and him, no matter how good or how religious it may seem. Francis Ball has joined us once again as we look at Christ and the Christ unveiled in the book of Colossians. Francis, welcome back to the program. I'm so happy to be here because I really admire this brother Paul and what he writes and how he writes it. You know, Francis, you and I were visiting a few minutes ago, uh, both remarking about uh, Colossians is a book that I think all Christians that read the Bible much have some verses that uh, they're familiar with and enjoy in Colossians. But to see the whole thing put together in its context has really been a tremendous unveiling, hasn't it? I think that's one thing that we're going to see today, how this uh, fits into a practical application to our enjoyment of Christ. I'd like to pick up Paul's burden here on this line, Francis, before we join Witness Lee with today's message. His writing is so marvelous once we get into his thought. First, he shows us Christ. Then he shows us that we need to come to him directly without anything between us and him. And in this book, the things that are most often in the way are not so much the sinful things that we would uh, automatically think of, but they're good things, religious things. This is really something, isn't it? Yes, it is. And that's certainly an obvious thing in this whole book. It's the background. And when he gets into the the real experiences of Christ here, it really opens our eyes to a lot of things that we experience today. Well, why don't we get to Witness Lee's uh, portion, and then you and I will come back and have a chance to uh, talk about that. We come to such a wonderful message. Christ, the body of all shadows. I'd like to uh, make it clear to all of you because I was uh, troubled for years and years. I didn't understand these two words in these uh, two verses, shadows and body. Verse uh, 16 says, Let no man therefore judge you in eating, in drinking, or in respect of a feast. Here feast really means a, a holy day, as a holiday for people to feast together. Or of a new moon, or of Sabbaths, which are a shadow 
always eating, drinking, new moon, feast, Sabbath, all these are a shadow of things to come. But the body is of Christ. Years, years. I didn't understand these two words in the right way. But anyhow, now I do have the assurance I understand them. Paul's concept is this. All those things in the Old Testament, like what you eat, what you drink, and then uh, the holy days with God's people coming together to feast, to have a feast or a festival, and the new moons and the Sabbaths, all these things were just a shadow. And the body of the shadow is Christ. Even today, still the same. Your eating, your drinking, your rest, your joy, your satisfaction, all these things are still a shadow. The food you eat is a shadow. That's not real food. The body is Christ. This means Christ is the real food. The drink, regardless milk, soft drink, whatsoever, that is just a shadow. Uh, the real drink is Christ. Christ is the body of the shadow. Even the house is the same thing. The house is a shadow. Christ is our real dwelling place. Christ is the body. Even uh, the rest you have uh, received last night, even this rest is a shadow. The body of this rest is Christ. So Christ is the body of the shadow. We all have to admire at this wonderful writer. He talked the things, some concerning daily life, some concerning weekly life, some concerning monthly, and some concerning yearly. Daily, weekly, monthly, and yearly. Uh, Drinking, eating, eating, drinking, this is daily. Sabbaths, this is weekly. New moons, this is monthly. And feasts, according to uh, Leviticus, and this is what? Yearly. Three times a year. Three feasts a year. Very, very marvelous, this writer. Everything was a shadow. Talking about his greatness, he was really great, Paul, in his composition. I tell you, talking about his details, he was really detailed in his writing. It's marvelous. This means every year you need Christ. Every month you need Christ. Every week you need Christ. And every day you need Christ. Every day Christ something to you. Every week Christ is something to you. Every month Christ is something to you. And every year Christ is something to you. Actually, all the things in your daily life, week life, mental life, year life, must be Christ. Must be Christ. In your daily life, week life, mental life, year life, everything positive must be Christ. Hallelujah. Francis, I think this metaphor of the body and the shadow is really a big help to us once we get into it and understand it. The Bible is full of these shadows, especially in the pages of the Old Testament. We've seen many times before that the Old Testament is a book of pictures. We're finding out it's also a book of shadows. But behind every shadow is a body, something solid, 
real, and substantial. Many religious things, Francis, are merely shadows that should point us to Christ as the reality. But I appreciated how many things in our day-to-day living that he pointed out here are also shadows that should point us to Christ as well. I was amazed and uh, really realizing that Christ is really the body of everything. Yeah. All these things are shadows. And that helped me to realize that all of those things in the Old Testament, a lot of them are prophecies, but many of these are shadows of what Christ is. When he pointed out daily, what we do daily, what we do weekly, what we do monthly, what we do yearly, all those things that are in the Old Testament are shadows of Christ as the reality or the real body. I was marveling while Brother Lee was saying these things, that Christ is everything. We must have Christ. Everything else is a shadow. And, uh, you know, I think it's uh, only fair and honest to point out, even in ourselves, so many of the uh, all biblical things, scriptural things, religious things, traditional things that were maybe handed down to us, perhaps through our uh, ethnic, our family tradition, uh, many of these things, we have to say, are really the shadow, but how much do we treasure them and not uh, the reality behind the shadow? That's right. If you just get occupied with the shadows, you'll really be pretty much in the dark. Shadows are darkening, and sometimes they're really fearful. They look so real Mm -hmm. and so frightening and so demanding. Right. But the reality of that shadow, when the body appears, when the Christ appears, he's the body of all those shadows. So to see Christ is to have the reality of all of these things that we saw in the Old Testament. Well, Francis, in the next verse, Paul is very strong, and he warns us uh, not to be defrauded by those that would prefer to hang on to the shadows than to enjoy the reality. This is verse 18. It says, Let no one defraud you by judging you unworthy of your prize in self-chosen lowliness and the worship of angels, dwelling on the things which he has seen, vainly puffed up by his mind, set on the flesh. In the case of the Colossians, the defrauders specifically that Paul was referring to here were those who were devoted to a philosophy called Gnosticism, and they preferred that rather than Christ. And they corrupted the gospel by adding some of these elements of their philosophy, particularly this matter of the false humility, persuading the believers that they needed angels as mediators between them and God. And this was uh, just to give the listeners a little background of Paul's verse and what we're going to hear from Witness Lee. Paul gave them a word, warning them. Paul says, let no one purposely defraud you. The word's very strong, purposely. Purposely, it means here's one coming to you with a uh, decided, determined, definite intention to get you. All the Judaizers, the Gnostics, their evil intention was to what? to defraud, to deprive the Colossians of their enjoyment of Christ and the church by what? By the way, to criticize them. Look, you just tell me there's not such a Sabbath in the whole universe? There's not a new moon every month? Why you don't keep the Sabbath? And why you don't keep the new moon? You are too lows. You are too lows. And I can give you some scriptural ground 
to show you that God did charge us to keep the Sabbaths ordained by Him. And God did charge us to keep the new moons and the festivals. But now you are so loose. It really touches us. Unless you have the deep discernment. Unless, unless you have the discernment that all these things, Sabbaths, new moons, all are in shadow. And the body of the shadow is Christ. And we have this Christ. Amen. And this is why we don't need the Sabbaths. We don't care for the new moons because those are shadow. We have the body here. We have the body. That's Christ. I have Christ. Why I need to keep Sabbath? I have Christ. Why new moons? I feel just pitiful for some of the dear ones. They didn't have a clear view. They were short of knowledge. They just followed people blindly. So they have been defrauded and they have been deprived of their enjoyment of Christ and the church. Francis, uh, he pointed out that Paul was really strong here using this phrase, let no one defraud you when he was speaking to the Colossians. But it strikes me that to wrongly esteem the shadows is much more than just being in error, being mistaken. There's an actual defrauding here. Talk about this a little bit. This is really a strong word, and especially when he linked that together with purposely defrauding, like someone coming to you with a purpose to uh, take you away from Christ to something that is just a shadow. That is happening among many Christians. They maybe enter into the enjoyment of Christ to a certain extent, and then someone brings to them all these things that they see about keeping these days and about what you eat and about what you drink and about the feast days and all these kind of things. Don't you believe in obeying the Bible, in the whole Bible, what it says? But you have to see what Paul is bringing out here is that some things in the Bible are a shadow, and Christ is the reality. Now, we want the reality. We don't want to get defrauded by losing our enjoyment of Christ into something else that may be scriptural in its concept, but it's another view. It's a shadow view. When we have the reality, we have Christ, we have everything. All the uh, eating, drinking, uh, Sabbath-keeping, the new moons, the feast, all these things are real if we have Christ. So we don't want to be defrauded, and especially purposely defrauded from enjoying Christ. Francis, isn't this similar to what the Lord Jesus himself was referring to in John 5 when he was uh, talking to the scribes and Pharisees about searching the Scriptures but not coming to him? Oh, that, that is a marvelous verse. I remember the first time that verse really became alive to me because I was warned about my enjoyment of Christ being not so uh, religious. <laughs> and uh, one brother told me, don't you get the tapes of a certain preacher that will give you the proper doctrine? And I started to listen to those tapes yeah. instead of enjoying Christ. And that verse came to me. You search the Scriptures because in them you think you have life, but they are they which testify of me. Right. So that brings you back to Christ. That's right. So this is a very good picture of uh, the reality of enjoying Christ and not being defrauded and taken away to other things. 
we talked at the beginning of the program, Francis, about the context of some of these great verses in Colossians. We're coming up to one now. The very next verse uh, in chapter 2, verse 19 says, And not holding the head, out from whom all the body, being richly supplied and knit together by means of the joints and bands, grows with the growth of God. The context is just what we've been talking about, those who are being defrauded and really uh, removed or frustrated from their enjoyment of Christ. And uh, Paul's solution is in this verse. Let's go back to Witness Lee. Now, let's go on. Defraud you of your prize in humility. Humility is a virtue, right? A virtue. But humility here means what? means they just humble themselves. These Gnostics, they said that men are so low, so mean, so dirty. They have a kind of a so-called self-abasing humility. Self-abasing. To depreciate themselves in order to be humble. In this kind of self-abasing humility, they worship the angels. Then this just what deprive them of their enjoyment of Christ. Instead of enjoying Christ directly, instead of uh, enjoying Christ as their mediation, as their mediator, they went to the angel. So this deprived them, defrauded them of their prize. Eventually, I tell you, everybody became proud. They practiced a kind of self-abasing humility, yet everybody became proud. Then verse 19, and not holding the head, out from whom all the body, by means of the joints and bind being supplied, knit together, grows with the growth of God. Don't think these things happened in the first century. That was too old. And today's the 20s. It's quite modern. I tell you, in principle, it is the same. If we would not be preserved in Christ, our religious being would have a lot of funny things. This is why the Bible says we need a sober mind. That is a mind renewed according to the knowledge. That is according to the image of God. Then we could be preserved in Christ to enjoy Him with the church life. This is the main reason that this book was written. Just to preserve the saints in Christ for the proper church life. To be what? To be rescued from any kind of fraud. This is to what? To be preserved in Christ the head for the church life. To hold the head from out whom all the body grows with the growth of God is to be preserved, preserved in Christ for the church life. And this growing with the growth of God in the body is by means of the joints, 
and binds. In the church, some members are the joints, and some members are the binds. The joints are for supply, and the uh, binds are for knitting. So it says, being supplied and knit together, supplied by the joints and knit together by the binds. You see, it should be in the church. Then you could grow with the growth of God. You can never grow by yourself individualistically with the growth of God. You must be in the church. This is why I say this book's purpose is just to preserve us in Christ for the church life. Francis, if we put these verses into their context, the picture is absolutely marvelous. There's only one safeguard from being defrauded by vain and empty religion, and that is to hold the head. And if we genuinely hold him as the head, he will lead us into the corporate salvation that is uniquely in the body. Because it's in the body that there are joints and the bands to supply us and to knit us together so that we can grow with the growth of God. How about your experience, Francis? How crucial have these joints and bands been in your own growth and maturity? Well, I really don't know how much growth and maturity I have, but I certainly can testify that uh, the members of the body have been really the supply and the protection and the preservation for enjoying Christ as life. Without the body members, without the members that are the, uh, the joints and the bands, to be a supply, I just don't feel I'd have any way to grow. I was an individualistic Christian for years, not realizing that I was really a member of the body, and I needed all the members of the body to be a supply. Either they're supplying me with the truth or they're knitting me with themselves and with others like the bands do. There's no other way to be preserved in this growth, and there's no really no other way to grow. So the, the church life is really very, very important. How we relate to others, how we're dependent upon others, and actually how we are also supplying others. Sometimes we become the joints. Sometimes we become the bands. But many, many times we are receiving the supply of the joints and the knitting of the bands to build us up. And by this holding the head, Christ as the head, is the only preserving factor in the whole Bible that will make us really one as believers in Christ. Francis, I recall a time I had been uh, saved a few years, not too many, but a few. And there was a particular uh, a member, it happened to be a young sister who uh, I thought spoke too much and didn't have quite near enough to say to warrant the amount of time that she would take up. But I tell you, one time uh, sitting in a meeting, she stood to say something. And I began to disengage as became my habit whenever she stood up. And what she spoke was so light to me, brought in such a realization and revelation. And the Lord really stopped me cold at that moment and showed me how much I needed even those members that I had a tendency to somewhat despise in my uh, own estimation. It was a great lesson. I'll never forget it. And uh, this really reinforced it and brought it back to memory. I believe this is a matter of holding the head and trusting in the members. Francis, uh, I've enjoyed our fellowship uh, a lot in these messages in Colossians, and uh, today is no exception. I hope you'll come back and join us again really soon. Oh, I'd love to. These are really marvelous lights. They really are. Each one is a gem. Thank you. Before we part, let me leave you our toll-free number and invite you to contact us. We'd love to get your comments. Uh, 
to introduce you to uh, many of the ministry items that we have available here at Living Stream. Of course, the recovery version with the footnotes and Colossians is uh, a tremendous value and uh, would be a marvelous resource for you if you'd like to find out about that. And we have the printed life study volumes with these messages in print and in much more detail and a lot of other resources, really. So do give us a call and we'll uh, bring those to your attention and answer any questions we can for you. Our toll-free number, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. And our mailing address is Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. For Francis Ball today, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you for listening today. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. The focus of Living Stream is the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two co-laborers with the Lord in China in the first half of the 20th century. After World War II, Witness Lee brought this ministry first to Taiwan, then later to North America and eventually to the entire world. For more than 20 years, he spoke these life study messages, unveiling how each book of the Bible shows God's eternal plan. God, through Christ, wants to dispense his life and nature into redeemed man so that man would become God's expression, enlargement, counterpart, and habitation. These studies go far beyond mere doctrine and unveil a personal, practical, and experiential Christ. In these short 26-minute programs, we summarize and condense Witness Lee's rich speaking. But to enjoy all the riches in these messages, we hope you'll visit our website at lifestudy.com. There, you can read all of the Life Study messages absolutely free of charge. You can even create your own Life Study reading schedule or download more Life Study audio programs just like this one, and all at no cost. Again, the website, lifestudy.com. Thanks for listening.